Okay. So I'm really, uh, really excited to, to do this. Um, I'll tell you how I got this message. So the story that I'm going to start with is, um, it has to do with the Elwoods. But uh, I got this. I, I was sitting right there on a Kingdom Come service last month or the month before that. Um, and I was sitting there and Brian was saying something. It was probably not very good, but um, I was listening. And I ended up getting, I was thinking about this story, um, which he, I don't know what he said to trigger this story, but the story came up and I thought, you know what? That, that could be a good sermon illustration. And then two nights later, I was reading in Psalm 63 and um, I was like, hey, this lines up, my friend. And so um, I'm going to tell this story really quick. A lot of the kids in the youth group have heard it because um, it's, it's a little crazy. All my stories are crazy. I said on Sunday night, when I get outside of Marshfield, bad things happen, you know, like I hit a pole or, you know, we go to the wrong hotel or something like that. Well, this happened in Marshfield. So it, even in Marshfield, it happens. But okay, so Brooke and Sean went with Brian and Cindy and maybe Kelsey to um, oh, the Sight and Sound Theater. And um, so they asked me to watch their kids, all three kids. And so um, Brooke gave me the instructions to go uh, and wait for them at the end of a highway to pick them up. And so I get there two minutes early, ready to pick the kiddos up. Um, and 10 minutes goes by and the kids aren't there yet. So I'm a little bit nervous. I don't take care of kids ever. So I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a little nervous because I'm like, does the bus usually run 10 minutes late? Well, no, it doesn't. So I text Brooke and no response. And so um, five more minutes goes by and I, I call Brooke, no response. Call Sean, no response. Call Brian and Cindy, no response. You know, I know they're in a sight and sound theater, but I mean, come on, if someone's calling all of you guys, there's probably a problem. And so then I call Morgan Freeman, who also doesn't answer. I don't know why I call her, but she didn't answer, so it didn't do me any good. And so I'm like trying to stay calm. You know, Colin, you're calm. You've got this. So I look up their school online. I'm like, hey, I can, problem solved. Look it up. I can't remember what it's called. But so it's like Mount Zion something or other. So I look up Mount Zion, and um, the school pops up. I pull up the website. Great website. Easy phone number to find. Call it. So I call it. And um, I get this lady, this real nice lady, and I'm like, hey, um, this is how I start the story. Every time I, I'm talking to somebody on the phone, I go, hi, my name's Colin Bailey. I'm 17 years old. I'm taking care of some kids, and I don't know where they're at. And uh, so I tell her this, and she's like, oh, it'll, it'll be all right. Everything's fine. And, um, and she goes, okay. I tell her either the Jace Elwood, Cast Elwood, Cast and Elwood, and Brax Elwood. And she goes, okay, I'll contact transportation. We'll get it figured out in a jiffy. Now, she puts me on hold, which seems like an eternity, because I'm waiting there in my car, you know, oh, Lord. And um, this has been 30 minutes, and she comes back on the phone, and she says, hey, um, I'm sorry to tell you this, but there's no one in our system with the last name Elwood. And I go, what? (laughs) So I take the phone away from, I take the phone away from my ear, and I hit the home button, and I scroll down to the bottom of the website where I got the phone number, and it says, um... Illinois, school in, Mount Zion School in Illinois. So I've called the wrong number. I don't explain to her what happened. I just hung up. So I'm sure she loved that. So I look up Mount Zion School, and I didn't know what town it was in because I don't know where anything is at. And so I'm like, Ava, maybe? So I, Mount Zion School, Ava, find this ghetto website with some ghetto pictures of the school. And I'm like, these kids go to this school. You know, no offense. I'm sure it's a great school, but they need to update their website. I can't find their phone number. Finally, I find their phone number, call it. I, no one answers. It goes to voicemail. And on the voicemail, there's an old lady that says, 
Hello, you've reached Mount Zion Bible School. Uh, We're sorry that we couldn't uh, answer the phone. It's after school hours, so no one's here. If there's an emergency, call this number. I missed the number, so I had to call again, wait for the voicemail, and then write it down on my phone. I mean, write it down on my hand. And so I call the number. Now, I have to make sure I'm doing this right. Okay, yeah. So I call her. Once she doesn't answer, call her twice because this is an emergency. And she answers. And it's the same lady on the voicemail. And she's like, hello. And I'm like, hello, hello. Um, we have, there's something going on, you know. And she goes, well, can, uh, can, I'm in Walmart right now. Can we wait? Can I call you back after Walmart? I'm like, no, this is an emergency. I'm supposed to be taking three boys and I don't know where they're at. And I, these people are going to hate me. And, uh, and she's like, okay, let me get out of Walmart first. I'm not kidding. She must have been in the back of Walmart, a big Walmart too, because it took her forever to get out. And I thought, oh man, this lady is taking forever. And I could hear her breathing on the phone. <laughs> so I was a little uncomfortable. But anyway, so she, um, I go, and this is what she says. When she gets outside, I tell her the, my story, you know, I tell her my whole life story. And, uh, and she goes, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the school and there's really nothing I can do. And I said, well, can you not give me somebody's phone number that I can call and figure this out? Oh, I guess I could do that. Listen, they need a new person in charge, maybe. But so she gives me this number. I write it right underneath the other one on my hand, and I call, call it up. I'm looking for Alan, the bus driver. Okay, so I call this Alan, the bus driver, and this is the Alan that answers. This is a woman, and um, and I answer it. Say, hey, is this Alan, the bus driver? And they hang up. They think it's a spam. I just know it or something like that. And so or a prank. And I call again. They don't answer, so I know something's up. And so I go to dial that lady back again because she's starting to make me mad. Actually, she's starting to make me mad a long time ago when she talked so slow and couldn't walk out of Walmart. And so, uh, so I'm on the phone, and as I'm, as I'm pu- pulling the phone up to my ear, getting ready to call her, um, I see this short bus come down 60 Highway. I think that's what it's called. And it goes, and it pulls in past a highway. And I'm thinking, well, this is a pretty ghetto school, short bus. There's no name on the side of it. This are, these are my kids on that bus, you know. <laughs> and I've seen the movie The Call, Kidnapped, Taken. And so I'm in, like, power mode. Like, okay, these are my kids on that bus, and I'm going to get them, right? You know what I'm saying? And at that point, I'm, I'm really scared. This has been, like, legit. At this point, it's been 50 minutes. 50 minutes without those kids. 50 minutes without those kids. And so I make a decision right then that I'm going to get those kids. I am go- there's nothing going to get in my way of getting those kids. So I put that sucker in drive, and I peel out of there. And there's, in between me and this bus, there is a car. What do I do? I pass it. I pass it. I get up behind it. And at this time, at this point, she is on the phone with me. I'm not right up on the bus yet. And I'm like, hey, well, I've got her on the, on the, fo- on the phone on the car, on the big Siri thing. And so uh, I'm talking to her and I'm like, I think you gave me the wrong number. And she goes, you know, I thought I gave you the wrong number. And I was like, well, are you kidding me? Give me the right number. And so she's like, okay. Uh, It was only like one digit different than the other one. So I could remember it. So I put the Siri on the thing and I'm driving, you know, at this point, it's, uh, I got the phone number and it's dialing and I'm behind the bus and I'm flashing my lights and I'm honking my horn and I'm going like this with my arm. I'm yelling. I don't know why I'm yelling because there's no way they can hear me. I, there's no way. And I'm like, these kids are my kids on this bus. And at that point, the bus turns down this driveway, the Amish driveway. And so I pull right in behind it and I just stop at the end because I'm like, well, they keep going. So I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not going to, you know, I've seen all these movies, so it's not a good influence. And so I stop there and by that time, Alan, the bus driver, answers. I'm watching this, this bus go down there, and he, he comes down there, and he stops. 
And um, out of the bus comes a bunch of Amish people. So I was, those weren't my kids. Those are some Amish that were getting transported. And it's probably not you guys because I'm sure this guy was mad at me. And so I peel out of there really quick. And Alan's on there. And he goes, yeah, don't worry. I've got everything under control. There was a bus that broke down. Um, and they're on their way home. Don't worry. Everything's taken care of. Um, and then I ended up getting the kids like an hour and something later. And I took the kids home and on the way home, Jace opens the door on a highway, his door, and I about lose it. And so the lesson that I'm teaching you is that I wasn't ready for kids and I'm still not ready for kids. <laughs> it's going to be a long time. I like to look at Parker and hold Parker, but that's about the extent of it. Um, so let's pray before we get into the Word, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this uh, beautiful day that you've given us and thank you for the, I guess, the story that I have out of that um, that we're going to use as a sermon illustration. Uh, God, I pray that you would uh, speak through me, God, that I would be a vessel for you that um, the seed that's planted would be on um, good soil, God, that we would all open our hearts and minds and hear what we have to say. And we wouldn't just hear your words, we would apply them in our life and, and our lives would be changed, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what I'm going to be talking about is the pursuit of Jesus. So if we could um, start with Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, not Martha. Um, Mary and Martha, and she, I'm sure everyone has heard this. Um, but I'm going to read it just in case you haven't, so um, I'm not really going to be talking about the scripture very much, but here we go. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care, about, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So in this story, in my story, it's a good illustration of how life is, how busy we are, how crazy things are. How many of you guys, like, you don't have a story about losing kids probably, but like a crazy story, life's crazy, right? Show of hands, no one but me? Okay. Well, that's great. Um, and so... Our busy life's like Martha. So then I'm going to jump right to the other um, scripture that I had, which was Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. I'm not giving you a lot of time to turn, so I hope you know your Bible. Um, so Psalm 63, it says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. Think, I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And could you go back to verse 1? Okay, so like I said, I'm going to be talking about the pursuit of God, like seeking God. And so what does it mean to seek after God? Um, one we must have an intimate relationship with God to seek after God. And uh, just right there on that first line, it says, you, God, are my God. Not, not the God, or he is the God, but not just the God, not a far-fetched God. You are my God, an intimate relationship. Then it says, earnestly, I seek you. To earnestly seek is a desire to always want more. Not to stop after I've memorized the books of the Bible, but to earnestly seek him is the desire to always want more. And then it continues going on. Um, 
He just, I will praise you as long as I live. I mean, it just is, it's the perfect mindset we should have to pursue Christ. That is the mindset that David's talking about in Psalm 63. That is the mindset we should have as we're pursuing Christ. We need an intimate relationship. We should desire more. Always, always desire more. And, um, and that, that's the mindset that we should have. But back to that story, when, when, that, um, when that little short bus was coming by, I made a decision that I was going to pursue that bus. I made a decision right then that I was going to put that car in drive, press down the pedal as hard and long as I could to get to that bus. And I knew there were going to be things that got in the way. That car tried getting in the way of me and that bus. And it didn't do a very good job, but it tried. And all the distractions that, that were there, I was talking to that lady, and I'm sure there was other stuff happening that I wasn't paying attention to. And in life, we're going to have distractions. There's going to be things try to get in the way. And so when we make a decision to pursue God, there's going to be things that try to get in, in the way. And so um, and I feel like some, sometimes the void in our life to fully pursue God is we don't want to leave our comfort zone. As long as we don't have to move from our seat here, here at church, we're all right. God, use me as long as I don't have to move from this seat. I don't, I, the altar thing, not for me. Not going up there to the altar. Well, let me tell you something. The altar is, is not just a place to get saved. An altar is a place where you can come talk to God and there's something that God likes about laying down your pride and saying, okay, God, I'm going to the altar because I want to pursue you. Do you understand what I'm saying? The altar isn't just a place to get saved. It is, is a place where we talk to God. We don't want to leave our comfort zone. Uh, Mike Henry, he's not here, but his story is amazing. Him having to, no one wants to leave a, a city that they grew up in with their kids, get a new job, have their kids transferred to a new school. That is hard. We don't want to. As long as we can sit in our seats and come to church every Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night, well, God, use me then. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting what I need. But, and, and we hear people say all the time, oh, I want revival. I want revival. I'm one of those people that says, I want revival. But you know how you spell revival? W-O-R-K, work. Work, 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 work. W-O-R-K, revert. I mean, work is revival, not, well, I don't know what I was saying. But anyway, so, and, and guess what? When I'm talking about work, you know, what, you know what work is? Sometimes spending time in God's word is work. And our busy schedule making time for God is work. Let me tell you, it is work. Work, 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 work. I um, hate doing schoolwork. So doing this work is a little easier than schoolwork. And then I have an excuse for why I didn't do my schoolwork. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. But um, so, um, and if we're not, if we're not digging, in our, digging deep in God's word daily, daily, we will never reach our full potential. We will never, we will never reach our full potential. We'll never pursue God the best that we can if we're just reading our Bibles. If all you're getting is Sundays and Wednesday nights, and if you're just getting it from me and Brian, I, I'm, this is my first time, so I don't know why I'm saying me and Brian. If you're getting it from Brian and Sean, you're not getting your fill. I'll tell you that. Maybe I'm a little worse, but uh, you're not getting your fill. You'll never reach your full potential if you're just getting... Uh, if you're just reading your Bible on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, I was at the Outcry concert and um, Christine Kane said this and I wrote it out because I mess it up if I try saying it off mem- out of memory. So she says, if we don't know what God's word says, we will believe the lies of the enemy every single time. And then she continued to say that God, um, that, that Satan 
started with the same question that he still uses today with Adam and Eve. He, he asked, did God really say that in, in, um, with, with Adam and Eve in, in the Garden of Eden? He said, did God really say, did God really say you couldn't eat the fruit? And today he still says the same thing. Did God really say that, that to pursue him? Did God really say that he has plans for you to prosper if you pursue him? Did God really say that? Uh, I know where it does, so you come see me and I'll tell you. And so um, we need, because we believe the, the lies of the enemy every time. Um, and I heard someone once say that we, I read this actually like two days ago. It says we, we put more faith in alarm clock than we do God. We set the alarm clock, we go to bed, we sleep great. And then, I sleep great and I uh, love sleep. And so, um, and then we just expect and have faith that our alarm clock will wake us up. And, it, and, and they said, well, Why? Well, people, the, the response was, my alarm clock has never failed me. Well, I can promise you my alarm clock has failed me before, and it will probably fail me in the future. Um, but God has never failed us, you know? We, 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 I don't know if we have them. We're scared that he's, that he's going to, that he might fail. We're scared because we're going to have to move out of our comfort zone, which is already uncomfortable. And then we're going to have to do what he says he wants us to do, which is even more uncomfortable. And so we're in this little fear bubble, where we're like, oh gosh, I hope, he, I hope I have faith. No, no, when we pray, when we pray, we need to pray expecting, believing. Um, we need to come to church expecting, believing. When, when, in anything, with, with God, we know he's going to take care of it, so why would we not just expect and believe that he's going to work? Because God, God's got it under control. Because here we are, we're pursuing God, right? Pursuing God with everything we have, because that is the best life for you, is to pursue God, with everything. You're going to have to lay it down, all of it, not just, oh, I'll lay this part down because, you know, it's easy. No, 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 no. It's not easy. It's hard. It's, it's super hard to pursue God. And don't you want more? Don't you want more for, for you and your family? Don't you want more for this church? Don't you want more for, for our community? We, want, we need more. We, we need more. And guess what? If you don't do it, who's going to do it? And, and the enemy's going to, it's going to, Say, it's going to whisper lies in your ears. But you know what? God calls, like Alan the bus driver, and says, hey, everything's, everything's all right. I've got everything in control. Go back and wait and expect the kids to come. Expect God to come. Because guess what? God, God's going to call. God's got everything under control. He just says, okay, surrender to me. You, you've got it. I mean, I've got it, not you've got it. Well, we know I don't have it. And so... God's, God's got everything under control. And that's just a reminder because if, if, I, if I wouldn't have been paying attention, if I would have been on my phone messing around um, when, when that bus came by, I, I would have missed it. Now, that's a bad illustration because the kids weren't actually on that bus, but we're going to pretend like they were on the bus because that's a better illustration. So as I'm sitting there and the bus comes by, if I wasn't doing something, I mean, if I was doing something, I might have missed it. But since I wasn't doing anything, which is easy to find me not doing anything, you, 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 I didn't miss it. I saw the bus coming by. And this, could, this is our opportunity, okay? Because, like I said earlier, we won't... I didn't say this earlier, but I wanted to. But um, God, God doesn't give us infinite opportunities because eventually he's going to come back and the time's going to be up. Because uh, we, won't, we won't know the hour that he returns. So we must be ready. Christians must be, Christians must be ready. So our job is to pursue Christ. And it's not going to be comfortable. 
and the enemy's going to tell lies to us. But if we want revival, which I don't want you to raise your hand, I'm just going to ask the question, do you really want revival? Because it's one thing to say, I want revival because revival starts with us. Revival starts with each individual and in the, in the burning in our heart, the flame in our heart. And I pray that there's a fire that, that starts in, in our church and then it can, it, can, it, can, it can just change our community. But it starts in us. We have to want it. When, when I was sitting there waiting for, the, waiting for the kids and I saw the bus go by, I wanted the kids. Do you understand? I wanted the kids, so I pursued the kids. And it wasn't easy. I had to pass some cars. I had to do some illegal speeding. And I had to flash my lights. And I had to scream. And I had to wave my arms. And come to find out that wasn't even the kids. Life's not going to be easy when we're pursuing God. But God's got everything under control. So my question for you tonight. Well, I had one question, but now I've got like seven running through my head. So, um, well, would you, do you want revival? Because revival will start in this core, in this core group. These, the, Sunday night is the core group, is the core of the church. If you're not a regular Sunday night attendee, you better start coming because I just said that this is the core of the church. So, um, so we, we, it'll start in us and we have to want it. If I don't want my grade to get up, which Lord knows I do, but if I do not want my grade to get up, I will not put the work in it. I will not do my assignments like I have not been doing the last semester. And so we have to want it. That's when it starts. We have to want it. And then after we want it, then we have to seek him, which means an intimate relationship, which means you might have to lay down your pride and come up to the altar in front of everybody, which is out of your comfort zone. And then after that, after you take that step, you might have to take the step where it says, okay, God, here I am. Here, Lord, you're going to use me, and I know I'm going to be uncomfortable. I know I might have to move my location. I know I might have to change my job. I know I might have to say something that's not going to be cool. I might, I might have to, to say something that might get me in, in trouble a little bit at school. I might, when, I, when I'm praying, I want to pray to you, God. I don't want to half-butt do it. You know what I mean? We need, to, we need to relentlessly pursue God in everything we do, because if you're just... If you're just reading your Bible on Sundays and Wednesdays, I'm telling you that's not cutting it. You're not pursuing God. You're not reaching your full potential. You ha- and here's the thing. One time, I'll tell you when I got the whole pride thing at the altar, was when I, I went to a camp and I spoke at Beth Eden. I did a little cabin devotions or whatever. And, um, and I came in, the, the pastor was Grant Ledbetter there. And he, um, he said, well, if um, here I am leading devotions and all this works me up every time. So um, I said, well, he, he gave a message and then he's like, okay, well, you know, we're going to bow our heads and, and if, if, if you, or if God said something to you tonight or if God moved in your life, I want you to raise your hand. Raise my hand. And I'm not kidding, he probably scanned the whole entire room. And I'm sure there was a lot of hands up. And then he says, okay, I want you to take the next step and come to the altar. And I'm like, Oh, he's calling us out. So now he saw our hands. So now we have to go to the altar. And uh, so I was like, maybe he didn't see me. So I just sat there. And he goes, well, I saw a couple more with their hands up. And I was like, crap, (laughs) he saw me. And so I had to go down there to the altar. I had to because I knew he was going to call me out because he was that kind of guy. And so I sit there. And then everyone's still got their head bowed so they can't really see. But I know there's some peekers because that just happens. (laughs) If you're a peeker, don't peek anymore. It's... Running salvations. Anyway, and so, um, so he, um, so then afterwards he says, okay, 
uh, everyone raise your heads, and we're at the altar, and he goes, okay, all you stand up, um, let's congratulate these kids on rededicating their life to Christ. And I'm like, that's not what I did. I did not rededicate my life. You know, I'm right with the Lord. I just, you know, had a pride problem, which is a big problem. And, um, and I explained that to him, and he was like, Colin, do you, do you not realize what I, what I just did? I illustrated to you uh, how to give up your pride completely. Because in, as being a Christian, you're going to have to go up to the altar a lot more than that. Because... Um, a story of Brooke Elwood. She went to the altar. I think this is a story of Brooke Elwood, and if not, somebody else. I'm not lying. So, um, so she went up to the altar. She felt like she needed to go to the altar, and she didn't know why, and so she just prayed. And then someone ended up else going to the altar because she saw Brooke and um, got saved. Is that right? And as being a Christian, as pursuing God uh, with everything, as being a vessel, sometimes we might get called to go to the altar um, to lead somebody else to the altar so they feel comfortable. And it's situations like that where, where we're tested or where we're, where we're make it a break at moment. And so I would encourage you all, because like I said, this is the core. We need to be relentlessly pursuing God every single day. We need to be reading our Bible every single day. Because the real question is, do you want more? Because until you truly want more, you're not going to truly pursue him. Because do you want to pursue God with everything you've got, which might mean turning the TV off sometimes, which might mean laying some stuff down to God. It's, it's not fun, it's not hard, but it's worth it because it's the best life you could live possible. So, um, so that's, that's all I had. So do you want me to pray or? Okay, okay I'm going to close this in prayer. Okay, Heavenly Father, um, we just want to thank you for, for the opportunity that I had to, to come and speak your word, God, and I pray that you would keep um, moving in this place, God, that, that we would just be vessels, God, that this core group here would, um, would, would have a desire, God, that you would give us all a desire to want more, that we, would, that we would look to you for everything, that we would pursue you every single day, that we, would, we, would not, we wouldn't care about the things of the world, God, because you're all that's important, God. I pray that as we pursue you, that we would remember that, that there will be distraction, there will be things trying to get in our way. Satan will ask uh, the stupid questions and we have to know God that we, that we are strong enough and we have to know your word God I pray that we would, we would meditate on your word God that we would spend time in your presence because that's how we're going to get there and I pray for revival God I pray for revival in our church I pray for revival in our community but it starts in us God and I pray that I pray that we would just, we would just pursue you and, and do what you want us to do God in Jesus name I pray Amen